Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome uh, to Ridgeview Church. I just want to recognize uh, the people up here leading worship for us. Uh, this is uh, Shane Washam, his wife, Cindy, and this is uh, Tracy Albright. The reason I, I wanted you to know is on Thursday afternoon, Shane got a call from me saying, hey, Shane, I want to complicate your life. Um, could you lead worship for us on Sunday? And um, he thought about it, got back to me, and, and they're here because uh, they wanted to help our church. And so I just wanted to thank you guys. Thank you guys for... As, as many of you know, we've been praying for a worship leader, and um, I wanted to share with you that we actually have one at Ridgeview Church, and uh, Garrett Denbaugh, who has led for us uh, a few times, has agreed to come and be a part of our new story, and so they're from Orange Crest Community Church, Shane and this crew are from Church in the Valley, and what we've experienced as a church is a network that we're a part of who they are sending us people, and they have since we got started back in October. Uh, to help us really fill in the gaps of all the things that we need to do. And uh, Garrett and his wife, Jenny, are going to be coming. And on Easter, uh, they'll be kind of the first time leading as a part of Ridgeview Church. And so I I shared that. And I had a picture, and I forgot to, like, show it. So when they're here, you'll see them uh, for the the first time probably. But, um, you know, that's just part of of God's uh, faithfulness to us as a church. And and as I shared that, I know many of you have have been praying. And so thank you for your prayers. Uh, we're really excited uh, to see that, that God has, has led Garrett and his wife, Jenny, but also thankful for people like Shane and Tracy and Cindy and so many others who every week have kind of left their own church uh, to help us, help us here. And so uh, thank you again, Shane and, and the crew uh, for doing that. Uh, I'm wrapping up a series today that I started two weeks ago called a Text. And you'll see up on the, the screen here, of what we're going to be talking about today, and it's the idea of how to, how to study uh, the Bible for, your, for yourself. And over the last two weeks, what I wanted to do is actually take some time to, to focus on the Scriptures and learn more about the Scriptures themselves. Uh, each week at Ridgeview, what, what we want to do is we want to actually look into the Bible. The Bible is what guides us. It leads us forward. It does that in our own life, and it also does that as a church. We want to look at what the scriptures say, and we want to base our vision as a church, our measures of a church, and our objectives as a church, and what the scriptures say. And so many times, as I'm speaking about a topic, I'm looking at what does the Bible have to say about that, so we can not only learn, but but live it out and apply it to our life. But then there's also a point in which for us to apply something, for us to actually live it out, means that, that we consider that source, the Bible specifically, something that we actually want to to live by. And so over the last two weeks, I've hoped to give you just some more information, some more context, connecting more dots so you have a sense of how the Bible was put together. That was the first week. We looked at the history of the Bible, the themes of the Bible, and how those, those dots connect to the redemption of Christ and what we'll celebrate on Easter. And then last week, I asked the question, is the Bible reliable? Is the Bible something that we can find satisfaction in? Is it something that is a foundation that we can build our life on? And is it something that's actually trustworthy? And so on the the info table, there's resources over the last few weeks that I encourage you to grab if you've missed any of those uh, resources. There's also a Bible for you. If you don't have one, uh, we'd love to give you one just free of charge, no strings attached. So on your way out, I'll be at the info table, and I'd love to meet you after the service. And then also there's just a bunch of resources that we wanted to provide for you. So you can kind of get your own uh, handles on what the scriptures say. 
And that's, that's really kind of the, the, the theme and the view I'm coming from is, especially in the West, here in the United States, our issue is not accessibility to the scriptures. Uh, you can Google a Bible verse and, and it will appear in like 1.3 seconds. Uh, you can go to a store and find one. You can order one online. You can go to a health hotel and it's in the first drawer. For the most part, they're, they're everywhere. So it's not our accessibility. Now, in some parts of the world, it's access. They don't have access to the Bible. And there's people that are giving their life to translate it. There's people that are giving their life to get Bibles into countries where it's illegal to be a Christian. But here for us, that, that's not the case. Our issue is we've got access because people throughout history have done that for us. They've brought the scriptures here. They've laid their life down to translate it into English. For us, the issue is engagement. How can we engage with the scriptures? And on a Sunday, uh, you're engaging with the scriptures partly as I'm speaking, and you're seeing them on the screen, you're seeing them in your handout. But really, the Christian life, one where you decide that Jesus is going to be your leader and your boss, the scriptures are something that you need to actually be engaging in on a regular basis. And so today, I want to help you take some principles about how to engage and how to study the Bible that you can take with you long after this service is wrapped up. And so the win for today is to encourage you to, to make an appointment with God, an appointment that you will keep just like you would any other. Because those appointments with God, if you actually align yourself with what the Bible says and you begin to get it into your life, those appointments with God will actually, they'll change your life. And, and I believe that because my life's changed. And I believe that because the lives of many people that I know that live by the Bible, their, their lives have changed. So I hope this gives you a little bit of some information so you will engage the Bible for yourself. What I want to do is I want to start with why. why. Why would that be valuable? For me, a lot in my life starts with why. I want to know the why before the what. Because we always are wondering, like, is it worth it? If I give an appointment to God, if I read the Bible, what am I going to get back for that time? Time is limited. We have a, just a limited amount of it. And so if you do spend regular time with God, what are some of the benefits that, that you'll get from that? And so I want to start by reading uh, really one of the most well-known psalms in the Bible, Psalm 119, and it's a very long psalm. But in this psalm, the scriptures are speaking about themselves, and it's describing the benefit that people find and they can experience when they actually do what the Bible says. And so I want to walk through this and pull out some of the, the benefits that the scriptures explain. And so let's start by reading Psalm 119. You'll, you'll see it up here on the screen, and, and it's in your, your handout as well if you want to follow along, and there's a pen you want to take notes, if that helps you out. And this, this is what it says. And this is David, and he's speaking. He's saying, I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. And he's talking about God's words. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I, I, may, I might obey your word. And it goes on. It says, I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And so I just want to kind of go by each one of those statements, focus on it, and pull out what, what is David saying that he's experienced as he has actually engaged with the Bible for himself. Now the thing about scriptures is you pull out principles and ideas. It's written in a time, and we've looked at the history, it's written at a specific point of history by a specific person that God breathed out his words to. And they're the words of God. But in that, 
the point of Scripture is not just to look back at history and say, well, God spoke at one time, but realize that he's actually speaking to us today. He's speaking to you, and he's speaking to me. And so as David is describing these benefits, what he's saying is all you who hear the words of God and want to live by them, these are the benefits that you can get. So first thing, God's word, it, it brings insight. And he says, I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your, your statutes. The word insight here is the ability to relate unrelated things that, that maybe people miss. So the, the Bible has a way of there's different ideas here, and there's different ideas here, and there's different ideas here, and sometimes they just look like little pieces. And when you read the scripture and you, you follow according to God's ways and, and the way he's ordered the world in reality, it's as if the dots connect. And you know those connect the dots that used to do and you, you can see the picture. Have you ever done one of those 3D posters? Remember those were like really popular back in the day where you, you'd go to a store and you'd have to like blur your eyes. Do you guys remember this? If not, this is gonna be a story. I'm just talking to myself. But 3D poster, it's just, it's just a poster. And if you like blurred your eyes and you kind of like, went on one foot, you know, and the water got in there a little bit, all of a sudden, this 3D image came. This was before, like, the internet, okay, guys? This was our internet. This was, like, the coolest meme we'd ever seen, and it was on a poster. And it's this idea, like, on the face value, you can't see it, but as you looked at it and you kind of looked through, this 3D image would come of a dinosaur or whatever it was. And that, that's what David is saying, is there's, there's these things that you, you can't see in the beginning, but as you spend time, the insight you gain from Scripture allows you to see things that, that ordinary people can't see. And not only that, but, but you're able to, to make connections. And it's, it's really this, this idea of being circumspect. You're, you're able to consider these different pieces and the impact of decisions and consequences. Everybody can see the dots, but, but you can see the picture. And here David is describing kind of an ordinary view of, of knowledge or education, right? If you want to get smart, you go to school. And these days, like, you just keep going to more school. And then when you finish school, you keep going. And the idea is you can just spend your life going to 40 years of school just to learn and learn more and learn more. And what David is saying is he's kind of, even in his day, he's going against maybe that normal idea of wisdom. And he's saying, actually, there's a lot of wisdom that's gained not in a classroom but in life. You get insight not just from the school of hard knocks. That can teach you, but it can hurt. What David is saying is you can actually get insight from living out God's word. And that will actually save you some knocks. And that, that's a different, that's what he's describing. There's this insight. Then he, he goes on and he says it also provides understanding. And that's verse 100, 101. I have more understanding than the elders for I obey your precepts. I've kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. And David here is, is giving another thing. There's, there's a sense in which only the oldest people in a room are the smartest. Now, unfortunately, these days, that, that's kind of the opposite. But in a lot of cultures, especially in Eastern culture and with the scriptures, like the elders were the most wise. And in fact, that, that's true. For the most part, people who have lived longer and have more experience are wiser than people who haven't. Here in the United States, you tend to think that the newest idea and the youngest person is the brightest in the room. And so there's extreme in both ways. What David is saying is, is actually just because of your age, it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're wise. Because you could be for many years, going in the wrong direction and just be way off path. So again, he's saying there's an insight that you have, and that's discernment. So it's not just the ability to kind of circumspect, see the pieces, but it's discernment to separate mentally, to know what's really going on. And he's saying this comes from 
the word of God. You get in a situation, and maybe what somebody says isn't what's really going on in the Bible, and the truth as you walk with God has a way of allowing you to see there's something going beyond what they're saying. That's discernment. And you get that from reading the Bible and applying it uh, to your life. Uh, for me, I've gained understanding in, in a principle of clearing up relationships. That's, that's one of our values here at Ridgeview. You know, people offend each other, and it's easy to do. People say things. Maybe it's a look. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's words. And the normal thing in, in our family, if your family was like mine or your friendships, is that people get offended, but everyone acts like nothing is wrong. Isn't that common? What's wrong? Nothing. Nothing absolutely is wrong. I'm great. All right, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Usually it's like the snappiness of the fine is the clue that there's something wrong. You don't talk about it. It's like pick up the rug and just sweep it under. But you know what? It's still dirty. It's still messed up. The Bible actually says that if you offend your brother or you know your brother's offended, you actually leave church and you go and make that relationship right. It says if you're offering your gift there in front of the altar, so if you're in a church service and in the moment God says you have offended somebody, you're supposed to leave and reconcile that relationship. That's the insight that scripture gives. It's this idea, like that doesn't follow the natural reflex. The natural reflex is we just act like nothing happened. What the Bible's saying is if you act like nothing happens, there's just cracks in the the foundation and they just continue to grow. They cause a lot of problems. But you only know that as you look at the scriptures and you gain that insight. Clearing up relationships is a priority. Therefore, I'm not gonna act like this offense hasn't cost me or hasn't cost them. And I'm gonna make it a priority. That's what the Bible does. It gives you understanding, it gives you insight. It also gives you delight. Now, I don't know about you, but there is a part of me, when I read the scriptures, I'm not thinking like this is, it's like going to a movie. This is gonna be the funnest thing I've ever experienced. Have you ever just opened the Bible and be like, this is so boring? You don't have to raise your hand. But I think all of our hands would be raised, right? There's a part of it's like, oh, I just, wish like it was like an Instagram story and like just just lay it out there if you actually have to read words on a page and it takes mental work and it takes focus and we get those so distracted and what David is saying is is there's actually delight that you can you can find even that is insight even that is understanding and, and here's what he says I've not departed from your laws For you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, he's using a picture, again, of the time. Honey was about, like, the delicacy, the sweetest thing that you could have. And for you to have honey was like this this treat that you didn't get often. But when you had it, you remembered it. It was like this life-changing moment. You had it, and it's, oh, that was like the sweetest thing I've, I've ever had. And David is saying is like, that, that's what God's, God's word is like. And the reason it is like this honeycomb, and it's like this honey, is because they are words from God himself. The reason it's so sweet is God has slowed down to speak to us, to direct us, to teach us. It's getting strength and help from the creator, almighty God. And there's nothing sweeter than that. And for me, some of these have been in my own life. Um, there's, t- there's times where I, where I wake up 
and I just, I'm kind of tired. You guys ever, just this past week, you ever woke up and you're just like, I could stay in bed till like two. You ever thought that? Like just, if I could just stay in bed, today would be a better day. I feel like that. And then I know if I stayed in bed, that then I'd be like, oh, I'm so gross. Oh, I'm lazy. And then my day gets, and it's like, oh, I need to get up at 2 a.m. instead of 2 p.m. and everything. And, you know, we just go through this, this emotion of life, and we can feel down, and we can feel like we've messed up, and we can't get it together. And just when we get ahead, we fail again, and we say something we shouldn't say, and all this stuff happens. Is, is that how your life is? That's how my life is. It's very messy. Just yesterday, I'm relating to my wife. She's talking to me, and and I just kind of shut her down, like, I'm, I'm done talking. Right when I said that, I was like, oh, that was really not wise. But I, I, I was shutting her down, and it was inconsiderate. It was selfish. And then I just was like, oh, man, I, I blew it, and I need to make that right, because that's what the Bible says, but I don't want to make it right. I just, I just want to look at my phone. I hope this is being real. This is my life. I'm sure it's just like your life. But you know, God's word gives hope because God himself tells us who we are, even when we may not believe it. And this is a scripture that God's showed me again and again, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. It's not on, your, on the, the screen, but you may want to write it down. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. This is where the honey comes to me, the sweetness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know what? There's just times where that's like the honeycomb. That's the delight that I need. It's the steadfast love of the Lord that never ceases. It's not my own good. It's not my own works. It's not my own achievements. Those cease. My own good ceases every day. But the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And then his mercies never come to an end. So even when I've messed up and I'm beating myself up, I have to take a step back and say, why am I beating myself up when God doesn't beat me up? You ever thought about that? Sometimes you need to to get the scriptures again to just reorient you and you realize like I'm doing the things that God doesn't even do. And God deserves to do it because he's good and he's perfect. And why am I beating myself when, when God doesn't? His mercies, they never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So those mornings when I wake up and I'm just like, oh, I've got so much to do today. I don't know what to do. I just kind of feel out of it. I'm kind of in a funk. This verse really helps. And I can delight in that because God himself has spoken that into reality. These are his words. So we can find delight. And then we can also find protection. In verse 104, I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. That understanding is the same word, that discernment. And the idea of, of Scripture is to protect us from ourselves and to protect us from traps of other people, to protect us from even the strategies of the world that we live in. Have you ever done something and you paid a price for a really foolish decision? I know I have. You ever find yourself like, that was really dumb? Like, why'd you do that? And you're kind of talking to yourself. I've done that so many times. An area that I've done that a lot is, is with my words. You know, my mouth opens. Words fly, and sometimes it's, it's not pretty. And why is that? Well, the Bible says, you know, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you want to know why you say what you say and why you're exasperated with people or why you snap or why you're angry? There's stuff in your heart going on 
that's causing that. And sometimes I have to slow down and be like, well, why is that? I have to take some time to ask God to show me that. And there's other times where the scriptures just give just reality of how life works. Proverbs 18.21, this isn't up here, but you could write this down as well. Since this is studying the Bible, I'm going to give you scriptures that you could study later, okay? Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So you have the power to give life to people or the power to give death. Whichever one you love is the fruit that you'll eat. That's a proverb. That's actually wisdom. You know, people get fired for jobs for what they say. People can also get promoted by the way that they encourage and help the team. You don't talk about this, but that's what the Bible's saying. If you want to succeed in the business world, get a hold of your speech, and you will actually promote yourself over time. It's not your skill. You need skill, but any skill can be undone with a foolish mouth, right? We, we know that. The Bible, it gives protection from ourselves, and it also gives direction, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light uh, for my path. And this is the idea that, that God wants to use his word to guide us. And we need guidance every day. We need guidance, especially when we're before a path and all we see is the fog or all we see is darkness. Maybe we don't see the path at all. And what the scriptures are saying is like, as you live out God's word and you apply it and you obey, clarity comes. And oftentimes, we're in a position where we want to obey God's word when we fully understand it. It doesn't actually work like that. It's when you obey and you apply that the fog lifts. And that's faith. God is saying, these are my words. You, you trust me. And if you trust me a little bit, I'll give you some insight and understanding. And then you move forward. And then if you obey again, he'll give you more insight and understanding and you move forward. God has not designed it so we have the whole path that's clear, free of fog. Why? Because the scripture also tells us, like, we all go astray. If we had the whole path clear, we wouldn't need him anymore. We'd just be independent. But God says, I, I give you enough clarity so you know how to move forward, but you still have to rely on me. And I'll keep doing that. And as you trust me, you'll get more understanding and more insight. Because this is what David's saying. This doesn't happen through a college course. This isn't something you can order. This isn't something you can manufacture. This is something that's grown over time as you get into the Bible for yourself. I don't know about you, but why don't you just mark, out of all the things that I've just listed, put a star. What's the one that you think would be most beneficial for your life right now? Is it insight? Is it understanding? Is it to find a light? Is it protection? Is it direction? Why don't you star? What's the one thing that you would love to see be true of your life. Put a star by that. As you've identified that, I, I want to challenge you. The next part, I just want to walk you through how to get into the Bible for yourself. Now, if you've read the Bible before, these are probably not going to be any new insights, but they may be a good reminder of some things to keep focusing on. If you've never gotten to the Bible before, this could be brand new to you. And so just take, take a step. And maybe in that area that you just starred, you say a simple prayer. And the prayer is, God, as I begin to read your Bible, as I begin to engage in it, will you give me more insight? If that's what you starred. 
God, as I begin to get in your Bible, as I begin to study, will you give me more understanding, more direction? Whatever it is you did, start with a prayer asking God to bring that into your life. And I believe as you engage with the Word of God, uh, he'll do that. So I want to kind of start by this idea of how do we begin a regular appointment with God? That's where I started the message. I want to encourage you to do that, to make a regular appointment with God. And so there's, there's two ways that that can happen. The first is you need a plan. You need a plan, and then you need to make that plan a priority. So there's a plan, and there's a priority. Here's the plan up here on, on the screen. It's an acrostic called pray. Okay? It's an acrostic called pray. That's on your handout. And each of those letters stands for something. Now, the first one's like a gimme because the acrostic is pray, and then the first P is everybody said Pray, yeah, you guys are really nervous. Like, making sure you're awake. The acrostics pray, and then the first P is, is pray, okay? And that's, that's one of the ways that you start a regular appointment with God is you begin by praying. And what I just said is a sample prayer. God, as I study your word, can you give me more insight? It doesn't need to be any more wordy than that. That's a prayer. You could even just say, God, Help me learn something. God hears you. He knows your heart. He knows the desire you have. God, help me not to be distracted. God, help me to see and to hear what you want to tell me today. It begins with a prayer. Psalm 62, 8. Uh, These are on your, your handout. The scriptures aren't. Again, you could look at those for yourself. I want to encourage you to do that. Get into the Bible for yourself. But it says this, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. This section right here, pour out your hearts to him. That's prayer. You pour out your heart. Here's all the things that I'm concerned about, I'm worried about, I'm focused on, I'm distracted by. As you begin to get into the Bible, all those things come up. Some of my best insight for my life is right when I'm about to read the Bible, all the things I need to do. And it's always like, oh, I'm going to, I got to forget that. So you just, you pray, you write things down, you won't forget, but you ask God to give you focus. You give your concerns to God, you offload your mind. So it begins with prayer. The R in pray is to read. Revelation 1.3, blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. That's really of the entire scriptures. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. This is specifically talking about the time when Jesus is going to return. He died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again. He was on earth for a little bit, and then he ascended back into heaven. So Jesus is coming back. He's going to wrap up history, and he's going to call all those Christians to himself, and he's just saying this, get ready for that moment. None of us know when it's going to be, but you get ready for that moment. But as you're getting ready for that moment, what you need to do is you need to actually live what the Bible says. There's so much confusion to everything, but if you live what the Bible says, you'll at least have boundaries for your life. You'll have direction for your life and everything that I've talked about uh, so far. And so what I encourage you, if, if you've never gotten into the Bible for yourself, it starts with the Bible. Now, if you don't have a printed Bible, I encourage you to get a printed Bible. That's why we have them. Why do I say that? I read the Bible sometimes on my phone. It's amazing when I read the Bible on my phone how little times I read the Bible on my phone. Do you know why? 
there's a lot of stuff on my phone. But when I read the Bible, my email is not in there. You guys know that? Like there's no Gmail chapter. There's no Facebook chapter of the Bible. There's no Instagram chapter of the Bible. There's no task list of the Bible. It's God's word. It's the Bible. It's his words to me. When I get on my phone, sometimes I can get distracted by that. So I encourage you, if you're just getting into the Bible for yourself, by all means, if if your phone is the only way you can do it, do it. But you don't open any other app. You know what I'm saying? Because, man, it's a rabbit hole. You start reading the Bible, and then you're like, I wonder what that word means. You're on Google looking it up. You're in the dictionary, and the next thing you know, 10 minutes, you stop reading the Bible. You don't even know how you got there. You guys go, is this just me? But this happens. This just might be me. This happens to me. So you just, you have to read it. And so there's another acrostic. I like acrostics. Jar. You've never read the scriptures. Jar is a good place. There's not a book of the Bible called Jar. It stands for something. John, it's in the New Testament. Acts, it's a book right after John. And Romans. John, Acts, Romans. If you've never read the Bible, start with the book of John. Learn about the life of Jesus, the commands that he preached. And after that, read Acts, how after Jesus left and ascended, how the early church got started. That's actually a really helpful book to read right now as we're starting our church. And then after that, read, read Romans. And so start by opening a jar into the Bible, John, Acts, Romans. So that's read. You got to get into the Bible for yourself. Uh, the next is to apply. So you pray, you offload your mind. You ask God for help, for insight, then you begin to read. And as you're reading, you're learning. And if you've never gotten into the Bible for yourself, you have to find the pace. You might want to just read a lot more in the beginning so you can get kind of across the scriptures. There may be times where you begin to read, and after three verses or four verses or five verses, you just get a sense like, man, there's something there that, I, that I'm learning. Like God's trying to, to speak to me by because that's what he wants to do, and he wants you to apply. And First John says this, we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Again, I think one of the biggest hurdles for the Christian church is not knowledge of God. I think one of the biggest hurdles is taking the knowledge of God and actually putting it into practice. I think we know way more than we do when we live out. And what you want to do is you study the Bible. You do want to learn more about God. You want to learn more about the truth. That's why you read it and you engage it. But you always want to be making sure that it's just not for knowledge. It's it's coming into your life so you can live it out. Scripture says knowledge puffs up. Just our own knowledge about the Bible can actually make us prideful. One of the ways you release the valve of pride is living it out. When you live it out, you begin to see it's difficult to actually do that. You need God's help. And then you need to come back to the scriptures as you need his help. And then you live it out some more. And then you come back to the scripture and you realize you just, you keep growing. Is this making sense? It begins with this reading and this prayer that prepares you to read. And then it it gets to this idea of of applying it, living it out. And then the last is, is to yield. And the point of studying the Bible and reading the Bible is not only applying it to your life, but it's actually a picture of surrendering to God. As I read the Bible, I'm going to let it determine the way I should live. As I read the Bible and as I live it out, I'm going to actually let it 
create reality for me. I don't have my own reality in my own life and ask God to fit into my world. I actually allow God to create reality and I fit into his. That's a big difference. Many times as we follow Christ, we want to just make Jesus a slice of our life. There's lots of slices. There's our family. There's our career. There's our future. There's our relationships, our friendships, and they're just slices. But Jesus wants to come in. He wants to lead us. He wants to be the core of our life, connected to every slice. And the way Jesus connected to every slice is through his word, he tells us how we live. He tells us how we should treat our spouse, how we should relate to our kids. He teaches us through scriptures how to approach our finances. He teaches us how to prepare for our future, how to look at it in a certain way. He teaches us how to make things right when we've wronged people. He teaches us how to see wisdom from foolishness and how to make the right choice. All that happens, again, as you read it and as you apply it. But ultimately, as you yield, you say, God, I'm willing to do whatever you say. And I believe that's the measure of when you know that you're ready to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is looking out at all of us, and there's certain things that he wants us to do with our life. The good news about Jesus is we don't have to clean up before we come to him. We don't have to have it all together. And that's his grace. And he says in Ephesians 2, for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God that no man can boast. So the point is, Jesus allows us to come to him as dirty and as messy as we are. But you know you're ready to become a Christian where you're willing to do, and you're ready to clean up whatever he says you need to. So if you've been cheating on your taxes, that's actually a sin. You know you're ready to become a follower of Christ when you say, I will no longer cheat on my taxes because it's not right as a follower of Christ. If you've given yourself to addiction, it doesn't mean you're perfect, but you realize, like, I'm not going to just give my life over to this addiction because it's not pleasing to God. I'm, I'm willing to change based on what he said. I can't clean myself up, but as I follow him through his power, I can make the changes he wants to in my life. That's how you know you're ready. And this all happens as we surrender and yield to God's word and we walk in his spirit. And so that's, that's the plan. The last thing I want to wrap up with is, is all of us can have plans for everything. I've had a great plan for running in this new year in 2019. That plan has stunk. I had a great plan. I didn't do it because it's not a priority. Every Monday, I have a new plan for eating good this week. It always is on a Monday because I don't want to start on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's the weekend. It doesn't work because I eat as if every day's Friday. Can I get an amen? Okay. Thank you. So plans are helpful, but plans don't change us. It's an issue of priority. Check this out in Proverbs 7. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. This is speaking to this idea that Unless we treasure God's commands, unless we put them on 
your finger like a wedding ring. When I see my, my, my wedding ring, it reminds me of a commitment that I've made to my wife. What's interesting in this proverb specifically, the warning is against the adulterous woman, the woman who wants to get the attention of somebody to take advantage of them. It's actually warning against sexual sin, but it's interesting in that phrasing that they're saying, like, put it, like, on your fingers like you would a commitment, like of a ring. But God's word is supposed to be like this, where you look down and you, you see, okay, I, I need to keep my word reminded just like I would my wedding ring. And it's this idea of I need to keep God's word hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And the way you hide God's word in your heart is that you actually have to memorize it. You have to meditate on it. And it takes time. But again, it's not the plan. It's the priority. So as I close out, there's a, another sheet in your handout, and it looks like this on the screen, 15-minute Bible plan. So this is what I want to encourage you. I'm not trying to sell anything to you because you know what? I can't change you. You know that? I can't even change myself. I can't change my kids. I can't change anyone. I can't change you. I can't change me. But I do believe that God can. And so if you can give 15 minutes a day a few times a week, getting into the word of God, I believe that God can change you. I believe that. That's why I'm doing what I do. Because I believe that through time with God and following him, your life can be changed. And so I want to encourage you to get into the Bible for yourself, follow this plan. And it's, again, the acrostic that I've walked through. And in this 15 minutes, you just walk through what I did. Now, I've added a layer on the apply section there that's in your handout. And it's another acrostic, surprise, surprise. We got Prey, we got Jar, we got, this one's Space Pets. This was, this was put together by Rick Warren, the pastor of Saddleback Church. He's done a lot of good for really helping people walk with God. And he came up with this acrostic because it was a word, although we've never used it ever. But Space Pets, and each one of those is a way that you can apply the Bible. And so I'm not going to go through that, but you'll see it. Uh, on the handout. And so then there's some lines at the bottom, like what's, what's your takeaway? And so if you're not sure what the takeaway is, begin to work through these questions. So as I read that, is there an attitude that that showed me that I could change? And you write that down. And then your yield is not just writing it down. Your, your yield is, God, as you're showing me this, will you give me the power to change? And you may start, and you get in 15, and you're like, 15? I can't do three. Start with three. You may start, and you are at like 1445, and you're like, oh, I got to wrap up. You actually don't have to. You can keep going. You go to 17. I dare you. I quadrillion dare you, okay? So that, that's the, the priority. Uh, a man said this who, who's really helped me in, in my life. His name's Neil Walker, and, and he says, it's up here, if it's not in your schedule, it's not in your life, and I really believe that. So right now, I want to encourage you to take a challenge. Decide to read the Bible this week. No one's going to check on you unless you ask them to. No one needs to see. But decide, is there a day this week where you could spend at least one 15-minute appointment with God? I challenge you to do that. And begin to ask God to do the things that I think he will do based on what he's told us. So I want to wrap up, and I want to invite the band 
uh, to come up. Uh, take some next steps. And the first next step, you just do on the back of your connection card. And so pull out your connection card that Joel had you fill out. And you can finish filling that out. And the first next step that I want to encourage you is, is we have started a Bible study here at Ridgeview for the purpose of what we're talking about, to, to get into the Bible and to begin to apply it. And so if you would like to be a part of a Bible study, I encourage you to write Bible study on the next step of your connection card. I'll get in touch with you and let you know when we're meeting. And this is a great way for you to kind of take a step to getting the Bible into yourself. So you may want to attend that. If you do, write Bible study. The next next step is to schedule that 15-minute appointment. And so if you have your phone right now, just put it on your calendar or make a note to put it on your calendar. And and I encourage you uh, to do that. As I close out, I want to give you just a, a little kind of picture of some things that, that are coming up. So as you're, you're finished wrapping up that up, uh, Shane and the band are going to play an instrumental, and you can finish uh, doing that before uh, we receive our offering. But I want to let you know of a few things. Joel mentioned baptism. Today is our first baptism we've ever had as a church. That was really weak, guys. That was, that was very disappointing. Okay. There we go. That, that actually is something to celebrate. And I set you guys up. I could have done like, and we're gonna have, you know, but you didn't know. So that's okay. Thanks for the clap after, after you felt sorry for me. But um, I, I want you to come. I, I really do. I think it will be a great time to celebrate with those getting baptized today. Baptism is a way of actually people doing what we've said. You get baptized because the Bible says you get baptized. It's commanded by God. That's why you do it. And you also get baptized because the scriptures say, It's symbolic of the death of Jesus and the resurrection, and it's symbolic of the death of your old life and the new life in Christ. That's also in the scripture. So I want to encourage you. It's at 1 p.m. Why is it at 1? Because we have to tear down. That's why. And it's at another house. You actually have to drive somewhere, and it's a little bit later. But I want to encourage you to come, because I think that would be really helpful and important for you. And it gives us a sense of we celebrate together. So at 1 p.m., I encourage you to come. The next thing is what Joel mentioned for Easter. I'm going long, guys. We're, I'm going to wrap up very soon. These guys, they're, they're good. They're patient with me. Uh, in two weeks, we're going to have our Easter service, and it is a great time to invite people. So I want to encourage you. We're a new church. We need as many people as we can to let people know that we exist. People don't know. And the best invitation is a personal invitation. And so I want to encourage you to invite somebody in your life. Second, next Saturday, we're going to invite our neighbors by hanging door hangers. So what, what's next Saturday? What's the date? So the 13th. Next Saturday, the 13th, we're going to hang door hangers. It takes a lot of boots on the ground to do door hangers. And so if you'd like to help us, we would love to help. And if you write door hanger on the back of that connection card as well, I'll get in touch with you so you know where to meet but it's going to be at 9 a.m. at Rosina Park East, I'm just going to tell you, next Saturday, 9 a.m., Rosina Park East. And we'd love for you to help us get door hangers out. What we're going to be promoting is Easter, but also this message series called Blindsided. And I want to show a little video so you know what we're going to be talking about. Have you ever said, I didn't see that coming? Sometimes it's funny. 
<laughs> and sometimes it's awe-inspiring. It can also be uplifting. Oops. There's a fall at the back of the field here. There's a couple of runners down. This fallen has decided to stop back there with her. And sometimes it can be painful. Some things you truly can't see coming. But some hard things in life are possible to see coming. These might leave us feeling jaded or wiped out. Be prepared for cynicism, disconnection, pride, emptiness, burnout, irrelevance, and compromise. Don't be blindsided. That's why you don't read the Bible on your phone, because you start seeing all those videos. That's what we're going to be talking about in, in two weeks. The, the reason we're, we're doing that is, is I believe many people are blindsided by life, and they're just waiting for hope that they've been looking for. And I believe that hope is found in Jesus. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So I encourage you to invite people to that. There's also ridgeviewchurch.com slash Easter. Uh, that's a link that will take you to our, our Easter page. It has all the information about what we're doing. So I encourage you to share that with your, your family, with your friends, and fill out that card to invite some people, and you can mark those three on there. So I'm going to wrap up. We're going to receive our offering, finish filling out that connection card. As the offering goes by, you can drop that in there. Again, I'm going to be by the info table. I'd love to meet you after church. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and the insight and the understanding, the protection, the delight and the guidance that it brings us. We all need that, and we look for it in many places. But I do believe, just based on my own experience and what your word says, that it's found in the truth that you've given us through your scriptures. So God, I pray for all of us this week that we will make an appointment with you, that we'll carve out the time, that we'll sit down, and we'll just allow you to speak to us. God, as you speak to us, will you show us what you want to tell us? We pray this in the name of Jesus.